So I don't know about you, but it's been a challenge as a single mom to three girls to just actively consume a plant that helps me personally with post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, anxiety, and so much more. And over the years, I've learned that too much THC is not good for me. I'm learning about cannabinoids, CBDs, and the true power of this plant. So get comfortable and get ready to be empowered while you learn. Let's go. From struggle to purpose, fighting through the curses. You are now listening to Dodging the Surface, but nobody noticed. And empowered you. My name is Rhonda Karan, and I am obsessed with everything marketing and bringing the magic sauce back to your life. I'm a mom of three, serial entrepreneur, and have turned a mess into a beautiful message. I am here to empower you through education, celebration, and falling in love with the person that matters the most, and that is you. No shy talk, straight, raw, real, and uncomfortable topics that empower you in life and in business. A safe space for you to grow, heal, and be the best version of yourself. Get comfortable, pull up a seat, and get ready to be challenged and empowered while you learn. So I'm so stoked for today's podcast because I get to connect with my fellow Canna mom, Mommy Jane, aka Jessica Gonzalez. Jessica grew up in a small liberal community in the Bay Area. Most of her life, she was overweight and riddled with anxiety and bouts of depression, medicating poorly with food, alcohol, and opioids, and selective inhibitors. Once she hit 100 pounds overweight, she had... After having her second child, she knew she had to make some severe lifestyle changes, and here we are today. I am so thrilled to announce her to the show. We met during one of our virtual series that we did during this pandemic, and we're always all about raw and real. So welcome to the show, Miss Gonzalez, aka The Mommy Jane. How are you today? Thank you, Rhonda. I'm doing really well. Nice to be here. Yes, I'm so thrilled to have you. I've been following you for some time, and I love how open you are with just cannabis as a whole and educating the community and allowing other moms to just tap into a network of resources and tools that can really help them along the way. And that is so necessary in where we are in the world today. Yes, I agree. I think there's no better time than to tune into your bodies, tune into plant medicine, and really see what it can do for you. And it's so much more than like I even ever thought it to be. Like I've always smoked weed in the streets growing up in New York and, you know, rolling Dutch masters, rolling blunts, never really understanding what strains were, what they did, what the benefits of it all is. And now that Florida is a medical state and I also reside um, some time in California, which is both medical and recreation, I'm able to learn so much and then connect with women like you who teach me even more. So we're going to dive right into it. Tell me 
how has it been for you as a Canna influencer and someone that openly speaks about this on all their platforms as a mom? You know, it's been a really wild trip. I I started this with the um, the intention to educate, and really, what has happened in the past three years has been one of the most significant shifts in our industry. We didn't have that many canna moms out there. And at the time, there were really no cannabis influencers. And so what I was doing was really unprecedented. And so now we can look around and there are so many communities available and so many women that are advocating for this plant. And it's so nice to just see the change in three years that I'm so looking forward to what it'll be in the future. And my kids are so proud of me. You know, we do these things and we don't realize that our kids are watching and my girls are so proud of me. They're little feminists. They, they are, they know exactly what I'm doing, you know? So it's really been an honor and a pleasure to be part of this journey. So you speak about like you've dabbled with anxiety and depression and just like poorly, um, with food and all these different types of addictive behaviors. And when we speak cannabis, you know, cannabis tends for me to do have some sort of like addictive behaviors because I, I truly rely on it, um, in so many different ways. So I guess it can be, it is addictive. What's your take on that? And how do you really balance it all coming from such, um, an addictive background? That is such a great question. And, you know, it's taken me time because in the beginning I did have stigma with using cannabis as a medication, you know, because everyone does because of what we were brought up. Well, not everyone, but most are because of how we were brought up. We were part of the dare generation, or maybe we were part of the war on drugs um, and just say no to drugs and all that. And so we've been kind of brainwashed to think that this plant is not medicinal and it's totally addictive. And yes, I, I've read somewhere that 30% of cannabis users or something along those lines are addicted to the plant. However, it's actually our body's need to balance our endocannabinoid system that craves that feeling from cannabis. So back in the day, we had hemp growing wildly. Cannabis was growing wildly because there was no stigma and our animals would eat the plants because it would grow wildly. And then it would be in our food when we would eat them. So whether we were using it as medicinal, uh, you know, ways in the past, our bodies were still ingesting cannabinoids because our animals were consuming them as well. So just like it's important to have grass fed beef as often as possible, animals were eating they were they were cannabis fed animals and we were totally taking it into our diet and so um just within the past hundred years our bodies have all of a sudden been deprived of cannabinoids that used to be in our bodies so it's really been no surprise to me that depression has been on the rise anxiety has been on the rise because what the endocannabinoid system does is it creates homeostasis in the body and it has the biggest system bigger than any system in our body and no one knows this Doctors barely know this. They spend two weeks learning about the endocannabinoid system, and that's not enough because that's what's functioning and keeping us happy and keeping us well and keeping us stable. So it's really unfortunate that we have this stigma with wanting cannabinoids and needing cannabinoids and feeling good after smoking or ingesting cannabinoids. But it's no, it's to no fault of ours because most of on your end, it goes flat on your end. Okay. Now I'm getting out. No, no, no. I see. Okay. It. No, I just want to make sure. Cause I, I want to make sure that we're, we're recording both, both audios. Okay, cool. So I'm going to pick it back up and just cut this part out. Okay. So did you use uh, marijuana and cannabis during either of your pregnancies? 
Actually, I did. And I actually noticed two very big differences because of the amount that I used. Um, one thing I do need to say, I actually did not know that I was pregnant with my first child until I was five months along because I was still getting my menstrual cycle. In some women, it's not very common, but it is possible to still spot and bleed during that first trimester. And so I was not aware. And so I wasn't intentionally using cannabis during my pregnancy, but I was using cannabis because I didn't realize I was pregnant. And so I, once I found out I was pregnant at that five months, I maybe took like four weeks off to kind of be like, can I smoke? I did so much research, which was actually no research because there's nothing on it, but I scoured the internet for like any pros and cons. The only thing that came up was that one Jamaican study and it really wasn't anything negative. And so I figured the pros outweighed the cons. And so I would not as frequently as I used to, but if I couldn't take the pains anymore, if I was feeling a certain way, then I would consume cannabis. And so um, I definitely had a lot more cannabis use with my first one because my husband was more cannabis friendly at the, the one I was married prior. And so he was cannabis friendly. So I got divorced and remarried. And when we had Hazel, my, my current husband, um, he was not cannabis friendly up until like barely, I would say like a, even a couple years ago. So um, I would only like maybe like maybe once or twice in that pregnancy smoke because I was... Uh, I was in the closet for so many years in our marriage. And I know you guys are probably like, oh, that sucks. And it's true. It did suck. Um, but that's the truth. I probably would if I, and I thought now that if I ever get pregnant again, knock on what I'm trying not to do the rest of my life, I just want to take care of these two. But if it happens, you know, um, I will still consume cannabinoids, but I will be mindful of the consumption. I'm not going to smoke. I will do tinctures and capsules and, you know, um, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I know people might listen to this and think that I'm reckless, but from what I've researched in the past three years with all the cannabis moms I know, and I've heard from thousands, I mean really thousands of cannabis moms, not one of them has been able to tell me that their children are unintelligent or have behavioral problems or any sort of problems at all because of their cannabis use. So um, until science proves otherwise, I'm going to go with what we've been going through until they're going to start studying us. And, um, and asking us the questions and I'm going to listen to my peers and go from there and, and use best judgment. I think mothers know best. Listen to your bodies. My sister took prescription, um, uh, antidepressants back in the early 2000s before we really knew the effects that it had on us and her daughter was born without a stomach. And so I figure if we are allowed to be taking prescription drugs that deform our children, then we should be allowed to use cannabis. So you would definitely say a little medically and a little recreationally with your pregnancies. Yeah, that's a good way. To, well, yeah, recreationally in the first one primarily because I was just like, I was 23. I was just like smoking weed after work. You know what I mean? It wasn't like all day, every day. It is now because I, I don't take prescription drugs anymore. So it is my drug. That is my choice of drug that helps my um, chemical imbalance and helps my depression and my anxiety and PTSD. So I, I use it for numerous reasons and I have no shame in it now. You know, I used to, but I don't anymore. Yeah, see, with me, I've always smoked it recreationally and illegally growing up in New York. It wasn't legal and it definitely wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't medical either. So I always was just smoking blunts and blunts and blunts. And then I got pregnant with my oldest, who is now 21 at 19. I lost my virginity. And then six months later, I got pregnant. And, oh, um, 
I was smoking like crazy, but then we'll see what happened with me is I got really nauseous. So I couldn't smoke. I couldn't smoke my whole pregnancy, which is great because I, you know, to, to sit there and smoke a blunt wrapped in a Dutch master or a Philly, you know, the way we were smoking back in our Brooklyn days, it wasn't healthy for the baby. Like I would have literally not been serving it any type of, you know, medical reasons or cannabinoids, or I didn't even know the education element behind it, but then see what winded up happening with all my pregnancies toward the end, I would really just have um, lots of depression and lots of um, not feeling good and not really feeling alive and just like really heavy. You know what it's like in like the last trimester of your of your pregnancy. So I would always just take like a few pulls here and there to kind of mellow me out because it would it was like got to. But then I would always in the back of my head be like, okay, well I don't want to get my baby high. Like what kind of mom, <laughs> you know, am I that I can't like control myself. So I used to like really beat myself up if I did do it. Um, and it's interesting to hear now all of the like studies behind pregnant women and how certain um, elements of cannabis can really help during pregnancy. And it's also fascinating to me. It is so fascinating. There's one thing I want to add that I forgot to mention um, with the last, last question. Um, the difference with my daughters, uh, my daughter, Leona, her, she's the one I had first. Her immune system is insane. Like this child does not get sick. My other child who I did not use uh, a lot of cannabinoids with, she is sick a lot. So it's really freaking interesting. That could be just a coincidence. It could be genetics. It could just be a fluke, but I think there could be a correlation. You know, it's, it, I, I, I don't know, but like my daughter who's older is a great student. She's like phenomenal student. So there's no, there's no stigma with, with the can of babies, you know, they're, they're doing just fine. <laughs> and there's no like real, um, solid studies out there. Yeah. Is there? No, there has been the cannabis and, uh, parenthood, I think is that I'm trying to, excuse me if I'm forgetting the name, I think it's cannabis and parenthood, um, has the, all the research that she's been doing on her website. So if you guys want to check out her website or her uh, Instagram, I follow her. Yeah, she's always trying to demystify these uh, claims, you know, and a lot of these claims are, if you look by they're they're actually published and paid sponsorships and paid fake, um, like not even real research. Like they'll, they'll have all these, they'll research women, but they'll also be alcoholics and cigarette smokers. So it's like, you can't, Call that a cannamom if they're also using other products. These women need to be isolated, only using cannabinoids, so that we get legit results that aren't going to factor in lifestyle choices or behave habits like do they exercise or do they not exercise? You know, there's so many things that they're not implicating into these uh, researches. So it's really hard for me to take what they say, um, for, like in any way, shape, or form, because they're not they're not doing the research right. I know Israel's doing a good job and they're trying their best, and Israel so far hasn't been able to prove otherwise too. So until Israel sh- tells us that it's completely dangerous, I don't think that there is a problem with using cannabinoids in an intentional way, um, the right cannabinoids, knowing the differences between you know THC, CBN, CBD, CBG, what's going to be beneficial for you and what amount. And best to not be con- consuming it with combustion because as fun as that sounds, like you were saying earlier, it's not fun for the baby. No. And, you know, it's, it's funny because you had promoted air graft. And I, I always go with 
the stuff you recommend, like even the Stashology um, bag, um, I I purchased it. Um, And then Airgraft, I really was intrigued by what they were doing. So I reached out to them via DM and I'm like, hey, I would love to collaborate with you guys and learn a little bit more about the product and what you're doing. And they really were able to educate me from a different perspective. And I love that you can A, lock your device Mm -hmm. from the comfort of your app and you can set, you can micro dose um, and have your settings set the same way. And it was such a different experience compared to like, um, the Dissetel marijuana, and I'm still learning a lot of it. So I sound, re- I may sound really amateur when I speak on it because I'm not fully educated in a lot of different areas. It's, it's kind of like your brain has a certain amount of capacity to, to learn. And I'm still trying to learn and understand all of it, but I found it to be such a different experience than your traditional vaporizers and your traditional inhalers. And it's just always great to have those resources at your fingertips so that you can know what works for you and what doesn't. And if, if, and I think the most important part of it all is not beating yourself up over the decisions you make either. So if you're like pregnant and decide at some point, you know, hey, I've smoked for a while and I'm just going to take this gummy or I'm going to use this. I think it's really important to consult with a doctor, though, and to do it from a medical perspective rather than recreational at this point, because I feel like we we are educated to do the right thing. and We're old enough to do the right thing. But I definitely don't think that you should be beating yourself up over it either. No, never. I think that's the thing is women are going through moms, 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 especially are going through so much in 2020. We are going through so much. We are taking on things and having to leave things. And it's just been such a freaking great, big trauma experience. And I feel that the last thing we need to be doing is beating ourselves up for feeling good and using the right necessary tools in order to feel good. Exactly. And and do you ever feel personally judged because of your cannabis use and your line of work? Pardon me? Sorry? Do you ever feel like you've been like personally judged or attacked um, in any kind of way because of your cannabis use and or your line of work? Yes. I actually feel, well, unfortunately, my family... At first, I was wondering if you were saying if I was being judged like online, but yeah, a little bit of both, I guess you could say. But um, I know for a fact uh, that I have had past friends like judge my lifestyle choices. I'm sure they're like, "What the hell is just doing with their life?" I'm sure. I'm. I'm. I am definitely positive that they've thought that. They've never expressed it to me, but I, I'm. I can tell by the way relationships fade that some people distance themselves for certain reasons, and I respect that and I understand that, and that's fine because I'm not vibing with them anymore either. You know. But um, the interesting thing that's become of this journey was my dad's side of the family, who are pretty much all cannabis consumers, could not be less supportive and more like just accusatory and judging and just really upset on the fact that I chose this line of work. Like they were the first cannabis users in the 90s. They had that Care Compassion Act written for people like them. And they've been smoking cannabis uh, medicinally for over like two, three decades. And so it's really interesting to see how much they've judged me, um, how we've actually been estranged because of this. And I will be spending, actually my family will be spending its first Thanksgiving without that side of the family for the first time this year. So, um, it's really, really, I expected so much more backlash from the community and from the world, but the, the, actually the only problems of judgment that I've really, truly had were from people that I actually knew. 
Oh, yeah. See, that sucks. It's usually like that, though. You know, I think that that's how it is all across the board. We mm-hmm. tend to get better support and uh, relationships and opportunities from people that we meet along the way versus our family and friends. And, and I've gotten some backlash as well, especially as a mom of three and even having two daughters that have dabbled in cannabis as well. You know, they, they like to say that you're usually like a product of your environment and they've always seen, you know, weed and my 21 year old um, smokes and my 15 year old has dabbled in it from time to time. And I kind of have her on a routine now where, you know, I'm, I'm drug testing her every 30 days because I just want to be sure that she's not using it. She doesn't have a need to use it. And I'm trying to do it in a form of like positive reinforcement where it's like, Hey, you have such a bright future. You have this going on. It does slow you down in this area. It does have these negative factors to it. Mm -hmm. And these are the reasons why mommy does it, but I really don't want you to get in the habit of having to do that on your end because it's not a necessity. And it's such a dangerous zone to be in because then it's kind of makes me feel like, well, you're being a hypocrite because here you are, you're smoking, but then now you have a problem with your 21 year old smoking and you have a problem with your daughter, you know, dabbling in it from time to time and you're actually being a hypocrite. So it's kind of like, you're not really ever winning in the situation because you're always still trying to figure it out. That's so true. It's really difficult to not be a hypocrite in the situation. But that's another thing is I'm really, um, my first like landing role in this industry was writing a, a segment, like a week, a monthly segment for our direct cannabis network called the conscious cannabis entrepreneur, because I wanted this industry to thrive. And I knew there was a stigma attached to it. And I knew deep down, if I could show people like how to live more mindfully and live with integrity and have ethics and, and want to like get up every day and work hard and be good people, then we would break that stigma that people would look at us and be like, this is one of the best hard, most hardworking industries out there. I can't believe that there's a stigma for this plant. Like I wanted to prove the world wrong. That was my whole thing. And so, um, I just really hope that when people come across my page, that they are inspired to not be the stigma of the lazy stoner that, you know, we are taking care of our children and their needs are met and are, you know, more importantly, our needs are met too. You know, we got to take care of number one in order to be the good moms that we deserve to be. Our children deserve to have us with all the love that we want to give them. And if we're not filling up our cups, we have nothing to give them and they deserve it. They've had a rough year too. Yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. I just, just really don't want them to smoke. That's, you know, my bias. Yeah. With CBD maybe. Yeah. And that's what I'm, I kind of been dabbling a little bit. Um, and I spoke to my doctor on it and he says, you know, if, if it's something that you see, you know, cause she expresses that it helps with her ADHD and other, other factors. So if it's something that, you know, does, she recommended CBD, um, definitely not THC. So just some things that we're looking into, because there's, like I said, there's still so much more to learn um, around ADHD. And if it actually does help, um, you know, if cannabis does help, so still learning, still educating myself, still figuring it out. And that's okay. Like, it's okay. And that's what I really want to express. Like, if if it happens in your household, and things don't go as according to plan, 
I usually like have really bad impulse control issues. So <laughs> I may lose it. So I, I've been working, um, you know, and, and I started doing some like EMDR sessions, which is getting like my Olympic system um, and my prefrontal cortex and just kind of like learning even more about, you know, trauma and, and everything else just so that I can truly understand it from a bigger perspective. Oh my gosh, Rhonda, you're so cool. I, I, you know, it's really important for us to understand how our bodies and minds work. And it's not easy to do the hard like therapy. I mean, really, it's a form of therapy when we start to do that self-discovery. So I, I just really commend you that you're oh, doing girl, that. I commend you too. And I think that that's the best part of life is that it's okay. And, and that's what these chats are all about. That's what this podcast is all about. Like raw, real, unfiltered. I'm not here to hide anything. I want to talk about what I've been through so I can educate others on things that may help them along the way. Yes, exactly. I hope that the women that are needing to hear this today, you know, realize moving forward that there is no shame in self-care. And I see cannabis as a form of self-care. So let's, let's, let's keep talking a little bit on, on children. Cause I think that this is like a really big factor for so many different women. And there's a lot of women that won't even touch cannabis, but will take like an opioid or a Prozac or, you know, a depression pill to help them navigate their days. And this plant can do wonders, um, for them. So do you think, uh, your cannabis use can have a negative social impact on your children? And are you concerned or have you had any like blowback from your kids school community oh my gosh so I'm so glad you asked this because I have some stories obviously to tell I just moved away from Irvine California and if anybody has ever been there or knows of the place it is an extremely conservative um area it's an affluent and conservative area so you can already I'm already painting the picture right there and so um I was, uh, my, my youngest was beginning to start TK. And so I took it upon myself. Um, this was before mommy Jane was really like taking off. And so I, I took it upon myself to be the room mom and I was so excited and we were having such a great year. And towards the end of the year was when the stuff with mommy Jane really started to pick up. And I was like, you know, I would not email some moms back like right away. And so I, I was letting things fall to the wayside. They were upset with me. The moms were, and, um, the teacher loved me and, and we, we ended the, the year on a good note. But I feel because I, I had to, because I'm open, that's why obviously I'm here. Um, I had disclosed to a mother during one of the last field trips of the year that I, what I did, because she asked, you know, and I was like, you know, I'm, I'm in the cannabis industry, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, you know, you guys are just part of the problem. Because she was a, a principal at another school and her son attended the school with uh, my daughter. And so we were on the field trip together and she was like, you guys, you know, uh, making it seem like this is a good thing coming into our neighborhoods. My kids are vaping in the classroom. Like it was, I got an earful on the bus and I was just like, God, this is exactly why I don't tell people what I do. Like it really freaking sucks that there's really such a stigma. I have such a great uh, family relationship. Like we, we are so loving and why anybody would ever think that I'm less than because of my lifestyle choices is so insane. And so they really picked on me so much that I was not allowed on the last field trip. And I was, you know, all these things started happening at the end of the year where I just, I wasn't allowed to have any control of the classroom anymore. And it was just really unfortunate. And she even said to me, like, I'm so sorry, you know, this is happening this way, but I think 
that the teacher was just intimidated by the mom that was the principal of the other school, you know, and it is what it is. I'm sure she said some words, but, um, you know, I, I, moving forward, like I'm in the Bay area now, I'm not going to really, uh, like hide anything anymore. And it's really hard to, at this point, like, I really can't hide myself. If anybody goes on, if we, if I'm ever become a friend of anybody and they ask for my Instagram, even my personal one has the mommy Jane attached to it. So, it's just, I, I can't avoid it. I have to just ha- go with the flow and realize that if the people that judge me are not the ones I need in my life at all. And exactly. You know, I, I, I began to welcome into my life a new circle of friends and influence and leaders over the course of this year because I decided to put the masks away and to show up authentically in every single space that I'm in the way I deserve to. And it's been such an incredible ride. And I've been able to connect with lots of incredible women and men and brands and different opportunities by showing up authentically each and every time and not caring at all what anyone thinks, says, or does in the, in the meantime, I'm going to continue being the person that I am. I'm going to continue healing and loving on myself more and more every single day. And I'm going to keep doing the best that I possibly can, but my best and the best for me is a lot. Like, you know, giving something my best is probably so much, you know? So it's like, but it's important for me to do that. And, and I'm, I'm excited. I, 2021 is a, a new year. 2020, honestly, I don't mean to sound, um, you know, I guess prideful in any way, or I don't mean to sound like bougie in any way, but this has been my best year. My best year mentally, physically, emotionally, financially, um, all across the fucking board. Yep. I, I, I actually try my best and like, I feel, I, why feel guilty about feeling good? That's what it goes back to. It's like, I, I fight with myself all the time. Like you, I talk to my best friend, like we both think this is our best year ever. We are having the best effing year of our lives. And it's because I'm, I'm, I know my privilege. I know where I stand in my, in my social life and everything. I get that I have a different story than everybody else, but I'm still not going to negate the fact that this year has been really beneficial to me. I've learned so much about myself. And like you said, I'm thriving in all aspects and all freaking aspects. And I've been so quiet and it's so comforting to hear somebody else say that too, because everyone's just talking about the sob stories and I, and I'm not, I acknowledge those and I weep for those people often, but God, I'm having a good year. And can I just have a good year? Even if everybody else is not. Yeah. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's not that I'm, I'm trying to take away from the great year. I just don't want to come off. I want to be relatable. I want you to understand what I'm saying when I say that life is exactly what you make it. And if you walk around telling yourself the same broken, victimized story every single day, guess what your life becomes. So it's, it's, it's for you to understand that it's for my listeners to really take in that it always starts and ends with you. No, No one is coming to save you. Be authentic where you are as a human being and do what you want to do. Do the things that make you feel good and stop settling. Don't fucking settle. I hear women say all the time, like, oh, I don't want to, I won't smoke weed because my husband won't allow it. Or I won't, you know, get this done because I'm a stay at home mom and my husband will stop providing for me. Or I'm in an abusive relationship, whether it's mental, physical, emotional with this person, because I'm old and no one else is going to want me. And that's the bullshit story that, that, 
people keep giving themselves and that's where the, that's where it has to end, like right there. Like, cause it always starts and ends with you. Oh my God. I've, I have like chills up and down my body because of the way you speak. I just, I could listen to you talk all day. Oh my God, so many people have said that to me in the course of the past, like since I've released this podcast, I've gotten some incredible feedback because of course, you know, we listen back sometimes and we can feel the hurt and the healing and different things when we like listen back on ourselves. But I've gotten like that feedback a lot where like I can just listen to you all day and it gets me like all giddy and excited because I'm walking my purpose and now I get to help others do the same. You know what I mean? Gosh, you said it. You are totally walking your purpose. And I love seeing people in their genius. Oh my God. I think that's what attracted me to my husband is I looking, looking at him work and, and seeing him thrive. Like I love people doing what they love. There's nothing better than that. And you can tell when people are doing something that they love because you are so good at it. You light up inside and it's the alignment and the flow of your life. And, you know, it allows me to also be really clear on the areas of my life that still need work. And then allows me to like dive into that. Like I just told you, I'm doing, you know, some of these um, EMDR sessions and I'm really stepping up my therapy work and understanding that like anger and depression is an, is an ad, it's like being an addict, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm learning more about it and I'm engaging in the areas that still need work. Cause I feel like when you come from so much trauma and when you've had a lot of that trauma points in your life, you have to be reprogrammed. You know, you have to be able to just have those, um, uh, you know, those thoughts and those memories, but without the attachment of the emotion, cause that's what leads to a lot of those like anger and rage moments. And, you know, there's a lot of work that I'm still doing in those areas and, and still trying to figure it out. You know what I mean? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. I had a rage moment this morning. We'll be, I'll be honest. I was doing homeschooling and I had a rage moment. My husband called me out. So it is what it is. I apologized to my kid. I did the best thing. I said it was completely unnecessary how I behaved and you just got to, you know, say your piece, apologize and move on. Well, no, not just say your piece, apologize and move on. I kind of feel like if you have to do the work to kind of just bring those rages down a bit, because I have a, like I said, I have a 21, 15 and two and a half, right? So my 21 has gotten the most rages, you know, my 15 year old has experienced a few, my two and a half year old, maybe one, you know? So it's like, I want (laughs) to, I want to be able to balance the emotions where the addictive behavior of rage and the addictive behavior of anger is controlled Mm -hmm. where I'm not having to apologize to the people that I love the most because we tend to give the comfortable addictive behaviors to the people that live within our immediate space. And I don't think it's fair to them. So it's like we control our rage and our emotions when we're in a business meeting or, you know, in a certain setting. But then when we get home, the masks really come off and the people that get to experience those addictive behaviors are the people that we love the most. And I've gotten to the point where they deserve the most. So I need to work on that. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. And, 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 and just realizing that is really important. And then doing the work within that area has been really fulfilling for me, Jessica, like so many different levels, because I'm, I'm ready for more and I can't really continue to educate others and help others if I haven't fully understood the different trauma that I've been dealt with. Yeah, I noticed, um, excuse me if this is too personal, but I noticed the way you spoke with the people in your household today. And I was thinking, what a kind human. You can just tell by the way you talk to other people. I was just, I don't know, I was enamored by by just the background. You know what I mean? It wasn't even an intentional listen. It was just like your tone was so kind and so explanatory and just like so level-headed. And I was just thinking like, I'm so used to uh, like moms or, uh, you know, whatever, they're talking to their roommates or whatever. And the tone's always just like, can you do this? Like, we don't know how our voice. Yeah, I just had a session at one o'clock. So if you, if you, if you heard me in that demeanor, it's working. <laughs> I was loving it. I'm like, dang, look at her and her flow right now. Just being a grateful, gracious woman. Learning friend, learning yeah. and, and, and being honest when, when it's not all that it's supposed to be and just continuing to be okay with it. It's so important. And, you know, even as like a canna mom, there's a lot of fears. There's a lot of concerns that come. There's a lot of stigma, you know, that comes with it. Like, what would you say is some of your worst fears or concerns when it comes to being a canna mom? My biggest fear um, was originally that my ex-husband would try and take full custody of my oldest. And my other fear was that my current husband would try and take full custody of my youngest. So luckily over the years, um, now that my daughter's 12 and I know that she's fully aware of what I do, my ex-husband's fully aware of what I do. Um, you know, I actually, to be honest, I felt more comfortable after I was in high times. I felt like I had a little bit of a like, cushion like listen man this is my job now like this is it I'm not going back please don't try and take my kids away from me like this is this is my future so um it's nice to know that I'm at that level of comfortability with my career that I am I I feel the confidence but it was a fear for a long time and I know there's plenty of moms that are listening like shaking their head yes nodding because it is such a fear men for some reason or spouses for some reason really enjoy using um you know the children as a tool when it comes to cannabis use and I think that's really unfortunate because many of us do use this as our medicine and to attach that sort of fear and stigma that we already have as a parent, already have as a cannabis consumer. And then you put that in there. It's just, God, I spent so many years in paranoia. And it's really unfair that like another human can do that to me. But I also allowed them to get to me that way too. You know, I could have cared less, but I also had a fear that I would go to jail for it because of, you know, it was it was illegal for our times. And I've been smoking since I was 16. So 14. So I feel you. Yeah, so I've, I've been living in fear for a while. <laughs> yeah. I've actually was arrested one time for having a dime bag of weed inside of my wallet. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I know I know the the bad parts of it for sure. Yes, it's it's unfortunate. And I and I think about the people in other states right now that go through dry spells or they're getting, you know, arrested for possession. It's just like that infuriates me that we can live in one country and say we're one nation under God, but we can't be one nation under a plant. Like that's bull loney. It really is. 
Well, I think it just becomes the politics of it all. I feel like as we continue to go, as the years continue to pass, I think we have how many states now are either medically, recreationally, or both. I mean, we've hit a pretty, pretty high number. So I feel like over time, we're getting there. I do feel like we are in a different uh, day and age when it comes to cannabis as a whole, and it, it'll only get better from here. You know, I think that we are going into um, just seasons, different seasons. This pandemic has hit us, you know, hard and has hit so many people hard. Um, you know, we're, we're picking four single moms that we're going to gift Christmas to this holiday season and just, you know, mentor them in 2021 and just whatever I can do on my end, because, you know, there are a lot of people out there struggling and still trying to figure it out. And, you know, I always say when you try to figure out, just make sure you love yourself the most. So if that means whatever it takes to love yourself the most, that should be your ultimate goal. Everything else already will already always fall in place. Oh my gosh. I love that. That's so true. It's so true because when we're loving ourselves the most, that means our cup is full. We mm-hmm. got to just love, like be full on love, be full on love. You guys like really, I want everybody to be eating love this holiday season. Yes. And if you can give, give, that's so important. If you, if you, you see someone putting $5 in their gas tank, there's a reason why they're only putting $5 in their gas tank. You know, if someone can't fill up a gas tank, there's a reason for that. If someone's in the supermarket and you see them scrounging to put together a few pieces of items on their in their car and has to figure it out, there's a reason for that. So be be the hope for someone this season. And if you are in a place of, you know, fortune, if you are like me and Jessica and have been able to just be fruitful this season, give back because that's what it's all about. Yeah. I'm, I, I just posted in my stories, um, the USPS operation Santa, because I have been abundant this year. And so has my husband and I want to go and bring it forward. We got to pay it forward. I was, the mom that was filling up gas tanks like just last year for with five bucks. So it is like right. crazy how different your life can change overnight. And it really is mindset. I just didn't believe in myself. I did not believe in the fact that I could make money or be successful. I had to really let go limiting beliefs, really do a lot of heavy, heavy self shadow work to get to where I am today. And so that's why I really want to get back this year. Anybody please, if there's over three times the amount of people um, in my community this year that need uh, food on meals on wheels than they ever have before. So just consider even giving food or giving time, if whatever you can give, please just give a lot this year. It's really, if you're feeling down, give and you will feel so good. It's hard to feel down when you're giving a lot. Yeah, exactly. And And it's, 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 I think for me and you, it's relatable. So it, it just kind of like a given nature for us. And, yeah. you know, so it, it's just, you know, but yeah, so we won't talk about the, the those times and get deep. <laughs> so, so, so what's your like, what's your like overall wellness regime, you know, when it comes to cannabis, like what, tell me some of the products, like how are you smoking? If you're smoking, how are you vaping? If you're vaping, what's your take on edibles? Like what is your daily cannabis day look like? <laughs> I love that you asked me this. I, I, I don't get that question as often as I think I probably should. <laughs> um, I actually am, I'm a cannabinoid freak right now. So I start my day off with a CBG focus tincture. And, um, you mentioned your daughter having like ADHD. This has helped me immensely in the morning time. It actually got me off of coffee. I was so 
freaking addicted to coffee. And I've tried, if you guys have been, anyone who's like listening that's followed me for a few years, I've gone so many times to try and like get off my ho- my coffee addiction. And the only thing that's worked so far has been the CBG tincture because it's really helped me focus and give me energy and it's hemp hemp and CBG. So no THC is involved. This ships everywhere. So I really love that because I can tell a lot of people about it. I, I feel bad because, you know, I love AirGraph, but I know not everybody can consume it across the country. And I know eventually they will. And man, that's my favorite thing on the planet, because like you were saying, you can microdose it, you can lock it. It's like the newbie, the parent newbie. That's like the perfect product for the, you know, for the parent that's trying to figure it out. So High quality cannabis. I do use that often throughout the day as well. Um, but then secondly, I take a full spectrum 20 to one and that's, uh, made by cosmic view and there, I don't know if they're only in California. They probably are, but you'll find a 20 to one anywhere. You know, if you have a legal state and I uh, do that tincture as well. And then I wait a couple hours until I do the THC because I have that 20 to one. So I'm already getting a little bit of that that one, you know, with the, with the THC. And then when I'm starting to feel like I want to get in the creative mode, that's when I bust out the THC. And so I've been loving these RSO tablets, um, that I don't even know who the heck they're made by. I've been going to Davis. I've been driving an hour just to get these, these things. Hold on. Let me see. I have my bag next to me. You're going to have to, um, send me everything that you, you just said. Mail it all to my California address and send it all to me because I, I wake up on THC and I, and I want to lower my levels of THC and start to get more tinctures involved in what I have going on. And then, like you said, even helping, um, my 15 year old with different products as well. that are not THC dominant. Yes. You know, I, that's one of the things I did notice when I started taking CBG, I told my girlfriend who got me into it. I said, Oh my God, I'm smoking less THC. And she was like, I was waiting for you to tell me because the same thing happened to me. And I was wondering if it was just me or if it really was the case. And so she felt like less crazy because she thought it was just her, but no, it wasn't just her. Like it's, it's a thing. Like you, you really, once you feel your cannabinoids and you really reach that homeostasis that our bodies are trying to do when we do consume cannabis, it's such a different feeling and sensation. And so, um, to continue in talking about cannabinoids, I love also during the day, a Mary's medicinal CBN pen. So it's that now you see I've, I've had like four different cannabinoids in addition to probably more because I'm doing full spectrum CBD and I'm doing hemp with the CBG. So I'm like all, all shots fired everywhere throughout the day and just depending on what I need. So typically when I do, if I do end up drinking coffee, like around 10 o'clock or whatever, after I've been up for a couple of hours, I'll take CBN with it. And it's a transdermal gel pen. So once again, I haven't consumed any combustion at this point during the day, which is what I've tried to really get off of. Now, don't get me wrong. I love a joint more than, as much as the most, I'm not gonna say more than, but as much as the next person. And it's really unfortunate. My, my mom, I'm living with her right now during COVID and taking care of the you know house and her. Um, and I've noticed with her cough, it's like been like this, this warning sign for me because she has chronic asthma. So by me moving home, it's gotten me off of combusting as much. And so if I do combust, it's either a, a mini joint so that I'm not smoking something big. Um, and then it's kind of like diets. Like you can still have the wine, just don't have five, five glasses. You have like one or two. So it's interesting. I've gotten like a, I'm on like a, a flour diet, I guess. And so if I do combust flour, I try and do it with a, um, and dry herb vape. So I have a, 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 it's called, oh my gosh, it's called a Terra. It's by Boundless. And you just put your flower in there. And those of you listening are going to love this part. What's it called? T-E-R-R-A? Because I've been looking 
Yeah, it's just one R, T-E-R-A. It's boundless technology. And um, it's it's wonderful because it, it costs a little bit in the beginning. Um, but the thing is, you get to use that already been vape. So after you vape that cannabis that's ground in the little contraption, you pour it out after it turns, you know, like a golden brown color. And then that's your already decarboxylized cannabis that you can make edibles and tinctures with. So you are using your cannabis twice. You're getting twice the amount of medicine from your cannabis when you consume it that way. It's very wow. Wow. I'm going to reach out to Tara and tell them, Hey, send me a, send me. Soundless. Soundless. Yes. They're amazing. And they make an, if you guys are dabbers, this is, this is another very savvy thing. It's a, a turp pen and it's a very uh, low price. It's 60 and less, depending if you get like an XL, it's a $60, but the regular size are just fine. And, and they look like a pen from your office and you take the cap off and you can literally put your little mouth on one end and then the other one you suck through like a straw and it takes, it heats up the concentrates and there's your dab. So if you don't want to deal with the torch, but you want to get that high cannabinoid concentrate, maybe, you know, your ailments are really high. So you need that high THC. I would go for something like that. I mean, I, I'm not sponsored by them. I really just genuinely love these products. You guys, I really, really, really dig them all. And they're all very parent friendly very health friendly and health conscious. The Terra you can dial up, dial down, different temperatures will give you different effects medicinally. And it's just really phenomenal once you get to know your body and what you need, how you can dial it up or down. Yeah, because I definitely realized that when it comes to the flower, it's kind of my favorite. It's always been my favorite, but I, I've been look, trying to find um, a dry vaporizer. So I'm definitely going to look into them on my end. And I, I'm going to send you an email a little later as well to just clarify a lot of the points that you touched on because it's important to figure out because I'm, I'm getting to the point I'm 42 years old and I'm getting to the point where I don't always want to be high but I do always want to find that balance and and what I can get from the plant that's really useful um, with my PTSD, with my depression, has helped me like with postpartum and has just really been a staple in a lot of my healing. But I always want to like elevate and learn about more. So that's why I asked like what your daily uh, regimen is, because I always want to learn. I want to learn whatever's better for my mind, whatever's better for my body, whatever's better for my soul. Um, I'm always open to learn and grow. I love that so much. You know, it's been a journey because we don't have much cannabis research and therefore it was really hard for me to figure out what products were right for me. In the beginning, I was smoking sativa and someone like myself that has high energy and high anxiety, the last thing I need is to add some fuel to that fire. So I discovered that I actually really do well with something like a hybrid or like an indica that's not too sleepy. So you'll know over trial and error what's best for you, um, you know, those that are listening. But it's really important that we really start considering other cannabinoids right now because when you fill your body with those other, like, slots, you don't have to try so hard with the THC. It's almost like we're using that THC to fill the gaps that those other cannabinoids are, can do for us. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. And I'm, I'm a, like a, a lot of sativa, a lot of hybrid, and then the indigo is more when I just want to, like, chill Chill. out you know what I mean and that's kind of like the balance I found so I've definitely learned a lot about different strands but I want to learn a lot and we'll put it in our show notes so I'm going to collect that list from Mommy Jane and put in our show notes and link back some of the products that we are discussing here which none of it is sponsored by the way this is just really our way 
way of being able to give you guys resources and tools that you can try out. Cause I know a lot of people have said to me, I just, I don't want to be high all day. You know, I don't want to walk around like dumbed out, paranoid and high. Well, here's your fillers that you should be doing more of anyway. So I'm excited to share it with everyone. So what else? Tell me what else you have going on. What's in store? What are you working on? What can we expect um, from Jessica Gonzalez or Mommy Jane? What's in store? What's going on? What are you working on over there? <laughs> I've been, um, I'm we're, actually this Thursday, I'm about to start a six week group session with a emotional intelligence ed- educator. Her name is Joanne Duggan and she is a wise woman and a woman in weed. And I love her because she's East Coast and I'm West Coast. So I think we balance each other out very nicely. And she's a boomer. I'm a millennial. So we've been doing these private Zoom groups to help women find, you know, empower them really. I mean, really, for lack of better words, it's to empower them and uh, share with them our tactics that we have come across over the years that have helped us, as you were saying earlier, heal and, and overcome and just better ourselves. And so these groups have been really successful Every time we've had them, they've sold out. And so I'm just really grateful for the experience that's being uh, uh, lent from from Joanne's expertise. And it's also really nice for me to get in the habit of group stuff. And I know that that's going to be the future for us as far as like Zooms. And so I'm really looking forward to creating my own events. I am a coach. I help people with their, you know, social media as a cannabis advocate because, you know, we really have it differently than most influencers and advocates because we can't advertise and we can't do a lot of things with our posts. And so how do we still get that reach and still educate and, and, you know, be the best versions of ourselves? So when people come across our pages, we aren't, you know, that person is just laying on the couch all day watching like, you know, nine episodes of whatever. And all of a sudden, like we forgot to freaking have lunch. And it's just like this horrible mess of a stigma that we can, we can get into because we have depression, we have anxiety and there is a pandemic. And yes, all of us are like longing for that couch lock moment, but it's really important that we don't fall into that trap right now. And we just stay positive. And so I'm really trying to keep our industry alive right now and I'm doing, you know, free stuff and I'm doing stuff that's going to be, you know, one-on-one and I'm doing things that are workshops. So if you are interested in, you know, learning more about cannabis advocacy or self-empowerment, obviously if you're following uh, Rhonda, you are already on that page. So please don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, We have a great community on our Instagram as well. It's uh, at the mommy Jane. So we really are a positive bunch of women and men and whatever everybody associates themselves with. And I'm just really grateful for the community that's been built because of it. And I can't wait to enlighten and, and entertain and educate into 2021. So well said. Thank you for your time today. And as always, everyone, it it really is important to find the things that work for you. You know, mm-hmm. cannabis may not be the answer for you, but it's yeah. important to find out what that looks like for you and to do the work and to educate yourself. It's okay to randomly reach out to different people and to align yourself in opportunities that really help you grow. Because as we get ready to enter the holiday season and a new year and we're ending the year and still I kind of feel like we're still at the peak of this entire pandemic and we've yet tried to figure it out and we have a president that just literally gave up on running the United States of America that it's just important to continue to be hopeful 
no matter the chaos and <laughs> the craziness that our country has become today, to continue to be hopeful. And if you didn't vote for Biden, well, just be hopeful in the change that having a new president, having a black vice president can take because it always starts and ends with us. And the energy that we give situations is what our life becomes and what we become consumed of. So an empowered you is, you know, getting ready to just do some incredible things. So if you're not already following us and you are coming from the mommy Jane, please hit us a follow on Instagram sure. at an empowered you. If you're not following mommy Jane, hit her a follow at the mommy Jane. And as always friends, we are a DM away and keep motivated, keep striving, give life the best that you can. And until next time, thank you so much for your time, Jessica. What a great chat. And I'm really looking forward to dropping this one. Rhonda, it's been a pleasure. You have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you.